You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. We live. We live. This is Locked On Hornets, your daily podcast on the Charlotte Hornets and the NBA. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Search your podcast app for Locked On to get podcasts on the NBA, the NFL, and Major League Baseball. Also, fantasy sports as well. Fantasy basketball wrapping up their season, I imagine. So get your last-minute tips from Locked On Fantasy Basketball. I'm Doug Branson. I cover the team for FanRagSports.com. I'm joined by the man, the myth, the legend. He's been covering the Hornets since they were the Bobcats for AtTheHive.com, David Walker. That's right, Doug. We have been watching this team when they were the Hornets, then when they were the Bobcats, and now they are the Hornets again. And the more things change, the more they stay the same. Am I right? Another playoff race. I was wondering where you were going with that. That's a nice, that was a nice, I think you were wondering for a second where you were going with that, but that was a nice... Now that you know. You wrap that up very nicely. Uh, This is a a Friday. This is a fun Friday. For those that are new to the show, when it's Friday, we play the air horn. We play this occasionally, too. And we'll talk a little basketball. We've got a preview for tonight's game against the Philadelphia 76ers, so we will get into some basketball, but we're also going to have some fun as well. It is Oscar season. The Oscars are on Sunday, so we've got some awards to hand out to several Hornets players and Hornets moments later in the show. Plus, I will give you a few quick movie takes because, David, I'm seeing all the movies right now. Regal Regal did this great promotion where for 35 bucks you buy a pass – and you could see all of the best picture nominees over the course of over the course of like two weeks. Uh, When's so, the last day? Tomorrow? Well, Sunday. So there's two yeah. movies leading up to the Oscars on Sunday. So I'm not going to see all of the best picture nominees, but I'm going to see all of the ones that I wanted to. And so I've seen a few, and and I'm going to give you a few movie takes, a couple of hot I need takes. Some. I think everyone needs. I need some. I'm, I'm way behind. I've seen Get Out. I saw that one, so you can you can, we can talk about that. I'm going to give some takes okay. on Get Out. Black Panther's not nominated for Best Picture, and maybe it will be next year, but uh, I have a couple of takes on that. And then uh, last night I just saw Darkest Hour. Fantastic okay. movie. I'll give you a few takes on that as Dunkirk. well. Dunkirk. Did you see Dunkirk? I did. I did. Okay. I saw it a long time that. ago at Discovery Place here in Charlotte at the Big Dome Theater. Which is really, right. in my mind, see, Martin, now you're going to make me give a movie take. I can't help it. In my mind, you right have to it. see that movie either on the biggest IMAX screen you can find or in a situation like that dome theater where the movie just sort of, you can immerse yourself in the cinematography because it is, uh, it is one of the best. And the sound. Shot films. Yeah, and the sound design as well. Absolutely. Okay, but first, let's talk some basketball. The Hornets play tonight in Philadelphia against the 76ers. The 76ers on the second night of a back-to-back. Last night, they beat the Cleveland Cavaliers on national television. Uh, The Hornets, in their last game, uh, lost big to the Boston Celtics in Boston. This will be the second game of a three-game tough road trip for the Charlotte Hornets. Last tough stretch that the Hornets really have uh, this season uh, before. uh, They've got a few more tough games, but not tough stretches like this. David, my first question, it, how important is this matchup tonight between the Hornets and the Sixers for the Hornets? 
the first of four, right? So, I mean, it's – and those four games are going to be huge for the Hornets coming down the stretch. I haven't played the Sixers yet this season. So, I mean, to get off to a good start, they're fortunate that um, the, the Sixers are coming in off a of back-to-back. Maybe they can take some legs. I mean, Embiid – Embiid's playing, though, right? I mean, he's playing back-to-backs now. Yes. Um, correct. Yeah, so, I mean – They've unleashed we'll they, him. They, they, they have. Um, but, I mean, hey, the Sixers are good. Uh, like you said, they just beat the Cavs. I, I don't think, I mean, in, in, in my mind, as a team, they're, they're not up there. Maybe they should be. I don't know. You tell me. I, I just don't put them on that same level as Toronto, Cleveland, Boston, even though they beat the Cavs. And I just say that to say I think the Hornets are closer to them than they are that group, even though the talent may say otherwise. So the, what you're saying go. the Hornets are closer to the Sixers than the Sixers mm-hmm. are to the elite group of Eastern Conference teams. Uh, I'm saying the Hornets are closer to the Sixers than they are than the Hornets are to the upper upper echelon. I I'm still confused by what you're saying, but I will say that <laughs> I will the Hornets say, are closer uh, yeah. to the 76ers than the Hornets are close to the. I think you just Boston lost yourself. <laughs> just go with it. Okay, listen. I'll tell you what the Sixers are. They are a really really good defensive team. But they are sort of a middle-of-the-road offensive team. Uh, they they shoot a lot of threes. They have a few really good three-point shooters, uh, but they don't have a but they don't have a, a full team of three-point shooters. And so you you can see their three-point percentage kind of middle of the road. They're a really good passing team, but they're still young and they try a lot of hashtag fancy passes. So mm-hmm. they are also a high turnover team. So if you want some keys to the game. That's it for me. Like, you know, take advantage of the turnovers, get into the passing lane, something that they really didn't do. They weren't aggressive against Boston. So the Hornets will have to look like that. We'll have to look to that. The Sixers, to me, are kind of the anti Hornets. They, they are capable of beating the Cavs at full strength. They have matchup problems everywhere. Embiid is. Can spread you out offensively, can dominate the interior defensively, the, the uh, Sixers are, I think, tops over the past 15 games in defending the rim, but they also defend the three-point shot as well. Uh, and then, of course, Ben Simmons, You've they better hope they've got MKG back tonight because yeah. otherwise you're going to have to put Batum or possibly Graham on Ben Simmons. That's a really tough matchup. You can't put Kemba Walker on their point guard. You've got to put Walker on Redick. Um So they've got physical specimens under the age of 30 and in their prime. They've got shooters everywhere, two-way play everywhere. So really, I think this team, you know, the Sixers are the future of the NBA and the Hornets are probably closer to the the past. I think it would be fair to say. Oh, yeah. Yeah, sure. Trust the process, right? I mean, um, you look at some of the games of late for the Sixers. Again, they beat the Cavs. They lost a couple to the Heat and the Wizards. Um, but then you have to go all the way back to February 3rd for their last loss to the Pacers. So they reeled off a couple of games there in between there against the likes of the Pelicans, Clippers, Knicks, Heat, Bulls, Magic. So, um, you know, I think the Hornets, it's important to get out to a fast start tonight for them, and they need to get some guys healthy. I mean, do we know Cody, MKG? We, we haven't got definitive word on either of those guys yet. No, probably after shoot around at around yeah. 10 a.m. So make sure you're following us on Twitter at Locked On Hornets for the latest. But David, is this a must win? Oh, yeah. Lock it in. A must win. The Heat lost last night thanks to Isaiah Thomas and the Lakers. So if the Hornets win, they can chop that lead down to three and a half. They need all the games they can get. 
they have to beat the Sixers. You know, I think they got to be three of the four, it feels like, don't you? Well, they can't lose too many. I think they've already lost one. I've put their their loss number after the All Star break at five, so they've already uh, they've already expended one of those losses. So yes, I think you have to take at least three or four from Philadelphia. I think now would be the time because that matchup against Toronto is going to be tough as well, and you can't lose three in a row. I mean, that's mm-hmm. just it's just going to make your road way you too tough. A long run. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you've got to get at least one of these away games, uh, and I think their best opportunity would be tonight against Philadelphia, despite how well they are playing. They have a 10-game winning streak at home right now. Uh, did you know that Amir Johnson was on the 76ers? No, I didn't know. <laughs> I didn't either until last night. I was watching a little bit of the of the game against the Cavs, and I was like, oh, there's Amir Johnson. He's part of their, part of their rim protection crew. Uh, they and the Doug, Sixers. Look, they play the they play the Sixers on Tuesday. So so, so you mentioned the the Raptors game home. on yep. Sunday, yeah, and then they come back and face these same 76ers at home on Tuesday. So you know a pretty quick turnaround seeing these teams again within the span of uh, you know less than a week. Uh, maybe, maybe some head games to be played there. I don't know, but it, it, it does feel like a tough matchup because of all the points you you mentioned, their ability to shoot and look. You think think back to last year, like the first game, one of the first games of the season. It wasn't Simmons, it wasn't Embiid, it was like TJ McConnell that had a huge game against the Hornets. I think the Hornets ended up winning that game, but uh, but they've got a bunch of fighters on that team who have come through all of this process stuff, and now everyone that's left there, you know, is kind of playing for not only for pride but just to show some people some stuff. And, and honestly, like McConnell is still a a very good oh, weapon yeah. for them. He's I think he's leading the league in steals off the bench. He had three. I don't know how many he had against Cleveland, but he had three the other night against Miami. Uh, so you know, and the the actually the Sixers are one of the best teams in the league in stealing the basketball. So both Kimba and MCW will have to protect the rock and not. You know, you have to win the turnover battle against the Sixers because you know they are going to turn over the ball. And if you can protect the basketball, then you're going to give yourself a much better chance to win. That's uh, part of the reason I think that, that Cleveland struggled with them is because you can't give them extra possessions because, again, they are not a very – despite having J.J. Redick, uh, despite having this this monster in Embiid who, can, who really has every move in the book offensively, uh, he's got the Olajuwon spin fade. He's got the – He's got the three-point shot. He can go inside. He can back you down. But despite all of that, they're they're just not a, a great offensive team. They still struggle. So you can't give them extra possessions. Hey, here's another guy on the Sixers you may not have known existed in Philadelphia. Marco Bellinelli. I said that awkwardly. I apologize. But Marco Bellinelli is on the Philadelphia 76ers. Yeah, I feel like I knew that, but I wouldn't have known that had you asked me where he was playing. Acquired so I, from the Hawks. He's played six yeah. games for them. He's played the Hornets. This is interesting. So Marco Bellinelli, of course, a former Hornet, was on this team last season. He was traded to Atlanta in the deal for Dwight Howard. And then they traded him, or they no, they bought him out, I think. And then he moved yeah. on to Philadelphia. Now, he's played the Hornets already three times this season, David. And he'll play them another four times with with <laughs> the Sixers. Get away. You just can't quit us, Marco. That's interesting. Hey, are you looking forward to the Dwight Howard Embiid matchup? I, I just think it's interesting. Obviously, Embiid has a couple inches uh, on Dwight. You know, he's Certainly. got the youth, but Dwight can at least 
you know, throw his body into him, maybe bump him off his spot a little bit. I, I don't know. I mean, Embiid's a problem for everyone, right? But Dwight doesn't face a whole lot of like of these centers nowadays. And I mean, not that Embiid is like an old school center because he can step out and do it from just about everywhere. But I just wonder if if Dwight will. I don't know. You know, he was challenged by Chris Bosh on uh, on one of the pregame shows, and I, I just wonder if Dwight will will try and you know, uh, hold his own against this young guy, maybe a little more than usual. What do you, I I hope, I hope they put Dwight Howard in more pick and roll situations where he can get a little bit more space against Embiid, because if he tries that face up game, if he tries to take, if he tries to take Embiid off the dribble, I think bad things are going to happen. And I think I'm more on defense. Oh, for Dwight Howard defensively. Yeah. Well, you know, it's always, it's going to be interesting because again, Embiid can stretch you out. Uh, so, you know, how you know, how much how how far does Dwight Howard go out? I mean, he's only shooting 31% on the season. So you can he can hit it, but they may just bet that he will not hit it and and try to stay closer to the rim uh to protect drives from mm-hmm. from Simmons and others. But yeah, I think really I think defensively I'm not as interested in that. I'm interested in Dwight Howard versus Joel Embiid on on the offensive end for Howard and how how much he turns over the basketball because I think that's going to be a big story uh, from this yeah. game. Um, one guy you won't see for the Sixers, Markel Fultz, number one overall pick. Interesting fact about Fultz, David, he was asked in the offseason if he had ever been in love before. His answer was yes. He was asked who that person was that he was in love with. His answer? Chick-fil-A. Have you ever been in love with a fast food restaurant, David? No, but uh, Shake Shack is coming to Charlotte soon, so we'll see. They they will test that. You've been in. You've been in like. You've been in like with with Shake Shack. Yeah, we'll see. I've been. I think I've. I think I've been in love with Bojangles. I've fallen out of love with Bojangles though lately. I feel like their their quality Uh, has dropped. They've they've moved regional. And I feel like their quality has dropped off a little bit. I'm not not at Edwards on Bojangles. Right. He hates say. he hates Bojangles with a passion that I've I've never hated anything. But uh, I think that Bojangles has dropped off a little bit. But I was in love with them. It better to have loved a biscuit and lost than never to yeah. have loved at all. Is what I say. Especially biscuits for sure. All right, we're going to come back. We're going to talk about some uh, quick movie takes, and we're going to give out some awards to Hornets players and moments in honor of the Oscars on Sunday. You're listening to Locked on Hornets. You are listening to the Locked on Hornets podcast. Don't sign them to a a $40 million contract. (laughs) Can you shoot? Well, that is the caveat. If he can shoot... I would, uh, would be good. Get more Hornets analysis on LockedOnHornets.com. All right, David, it's Oscar season. What do you want to do first? Do you want to give out the awards or do you want to hear my quick movie takes? I want to hear your takes. Uh, I can't wait. I, 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 nothing else before that, please. All right, so Darkest Hour. We'll go with the one that I just saw last night. This one stars Gary Oldman as Winston Churchill during 
the this was it's actually an interesting movie to see along with Dunkirk because they take place around the same time. Uh, England is on its heels uh, in World War II. The the Germans are marching forward, and England is at a sort of the precipice. Like, what do we do? Do we make peace with the Germans? Do we do we make war? Do we stand up and fight? Do we we got to get our boys out of Dunkirk? And it's all about Winston Churchill and his. He had just become prime minister, and he has all of the weight of the world on his shoulders, and there's so much drama. Here's my take on Darkest Hour. It is the whitest version of The Wire you could possibly yeah. make. I haven't seen this one. I haven't seen this take. Go ahead, please. Well, I'm just saying there's it's it has all of the it has all of the political intrigue, the king making, the the uh, backstabbing, the all of those things. But it's instead of being set in in Baltimore, it's set in England. And it's just a bunch of old white dudes yapping at each other. It is the right. absolute whitest version of it. It's pretty much like The Wire, just the whitest version that you could possibly think of. And I'll say this, too. I said it was interesting to see this movie in Dunkirk, and it really is because you've got Darkest Hour, which is a lot of uh, privileged, older people yapping at each other, a lot of dialogue, a lot of talking but but everyone's sort of sitting pretty. And then you've got Dunkirk, which is a quiet, brutal, agonizing movie uh, of, of young men in, in a desperate situation. And it sort of shows you the two sides of war, where you have, you know, older, wealthier people making the decisions uh, that, that lead to the deaths of thousands of, of young men who are the actual heroes. So it's it's an interesting right. sort of putting the the two two movies, two different directors, two different styles, and, and it's just an interesting uh, depiction of war uh, that we have between those two movies. Uh, my other take is that Katie almost fell asleep during this movie. Uh, mm. David, this was not her speed. A lot of history, a lot of dialogue, a lot of uh, political intrigue. Those are not things she's terribly interested in. But thank you yeah. to producer Katie for hanging in there. Uh, David, have you ever fallen asleep in a movie theater? No, it's good. No, no, maybe I haven't. I've been. I've no? come close. But see, you're, the, I the reason I ask this is because you are a parent, and I've got other friends yeah. with kids, and they say, you know, gosh, I movies these days. I go to them, and I'm just, I'm just so tired. It's tough to sit through two hours in a dark room and not think, hey, I got, I could take a little napski here. I don't, don't, don't think I haven't thought about it for sure, but. I have not. I usually get kind of jazzed, jacked up for the movies. You know, I like the whole the whole uh, performance of it, the candy, the popcorn, the you know, the lights go down, the previews. But I will say, with the new seats in some of these theaters, like the full reclining Lazy Boy, mm-hmm. uh, that doesn't help. And then sometimes, if you have an adult beverage, go along with that. That will sometimes bring on a nap, but hasn't happened to me just just yet. Doug, did you think? about Gary Oldman in the, like, did you see him in the character or could you, did he disappear in the character for you? Totally so disappeared. Heard, totally okay, disappeared. Okay. I mean, I, I really feel like he's got to be a strong contender for best actor biopics, biopics, yeah. biopics. They always feel like they're made for the, the best actor or best actress uh, position. And, and he was fantastic. Uh, so yeah, definitely recommend darkest hour. Also the female lead in this, 
is Winston Churchill's typist. I, I kid you not, David, looks exactly like Steve Bob's wife. <laughs> okay, now I'm in. That's crazy. It's uncanny. And I think he told, I feel like he's told me this before, before I went. And so I feel like he, we've had a About conversation. Yes, the actress, where he said that people have been telling him that. But it is, uh, it is uncanny. Anyway, uh, moving on, get out. So I saw this a few nights ago. I had the twist spoiled for me, and it was still highly entertaining. I also recommend this movie. Uh, Jordan Peele from Key and Peele directs this uh, horror film, comedy film, thriller film. It's a lot of genres sort of mashed up together, uh, but and, and there's obviously some uh, uh, some thoughts on race involved here and and culture involved here. And uh, it's just a fantastic movie, very entertaining, very enlightening. It'll make you if you if you choose to think about it, you you can think about it. And I feel like though, if you choose not to think about it, you just still are forced to think about it a little bit. I saw it. I, I liked it. I thought the suspense was there for me. I kind of knew the basic premise of it. I don't know that I had the twist spoiled, like you said, but I knew enough. Well, about I'm it saying to, somebody you know, spoiled it for me. So before going into the movie, like right. somebody mentioned it in a conversation and because I waited so long to see it. Right, and, right. And so I knew what was going to happen, but at the same time, I still it was still entertaining for me. Sometimes when the, 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 the twist gets spoiled, the movie just feels like a labor at that point. Yeah, there's enough going on though in that movie, I think. And it's done well enough. I mean, that's why it's getting a lot of the praise it is because it's well done. Uh, so I thought I enjoyed it. Um, it is, is it not up for, it is up for best picture. Yes. Sorry. Right. But is because it, is uh, they have like 17 films, you know, now it used to be five. Now it's 42 right. films. Up right. for best picture. It's definitely worth seeing. Um, it's definitely probably not your normal Oscar contender that you would think of. Right. I mean, probably some of the new school, uh, in, in that category, cause it's like a thriller and, 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 and a younger crowd and, uh, so I, I thought it was really good. It's definitely worth a watch. And also Jordan Peele sprinkles in some amazing visuals in this movie that you don't normally see in in these type of genre films. And and it makes me like really anticipate what he does now that he has some capital within the industry. You know, once you get a hit, you're going to get many more opportunities to to try again. And and I can't wait to see what he comes up with next. And if he continues to to play in the space like he did in this movie. Also, I get why they, I don't want to spoil the ending for those who haven't seen it. I don't want to do what, what was done to me and have it spoiled. But I get why it ended the way it did. But secretly, I wanted a, a darker, more classic horror ending. I don't know. Wink, mm. wink. I don't know if you know what I'm talking about. But yeah. I'll just say, gotcha. look, if you haven't seen Get Out, go ahead and, and just hit the 30-second button and move on, and I will, I'm warning you now, I'm going to give it away. So at, at, the, at the end of the movie, the, uh, the, he is vanquished, uh, the main character has vanquished all of the people he needed to vanquish, and a cop car shows up, and the lights are flashing on his body, and you think, oh my God, he's been through all of this, and now... And it was sort of foreshadowed at the beginning of the movie because I got stopped by a police officer and you're like, oh my God, now he's going to get, mm -hmm. 
-hmm. He's going to go to jail because he's around all these murdered people. Then there are some racial implications as well. I think there, there were some tones there and, uh, and then it's his buddy. And so you get the happy ending. It's his buddy from TSA. And so that was the happy ending. I kind of wanted the, the lights flashing on him. I really expect, expected the screen to go dark and, and for the movie to end there, that would have been the classic, like dark horror film ending where you're like, Oh my God, that's yeah, how it's going to end. Or it keeps going. Yeah. But I read up why Jordan did that. Why, why he did give, he wanted the audience to think that, that it was going to end like that. And then, and then to have that reaction. And when it happened in, in the theater that we were in, people cheered when it was his buddy. I mean, they mm-hmm. had that, that sort of visceral reaction of like relief like, oh my God, this isn't like the real world. You know, this is this is a movie where things can it's still end, a movie. where things can end well for people in that situation. And uh, so I get why he did it, but part of me still wanted that classic traditional. Well, how hard? So it's ending. funny though. I mean, how hard do you think that was for him to not do that? Because that's kind of the way that you expect things to go, and right for him to be his first time out, it would have been easy to go down that route. But I guess. It depends on how you look at it, but I kind of like that he went for the the classic movie, uh, more satisfying, I guess, more, 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 much more of a closure ending than just leaving it a little, little cliffhanging. Cause that's, that's what you do now. Right. So now you can maybe have a sequel. Maybe you can uh, keep the story going where this seems more self-contained than had he gone the other, other way. So I, get I out too. We're really yeah. going to get out this time. Keep getting out. Keep getting, yeah, that's right. It wouldn't be get out too. It would be keep on getting out. Um, right. <laughs> no, I think uh, I think they did record the the alternate and alternate ending that they chose not to go with. Uh, but yeah, I think it, it was probably, a, it was a deliberate choice. So that, yeah. that I respected. I respected the deliberate choice. Right. I just internally, secretly, I wanted, I wanted the other thing because... I am, uh, I'm just, I dig those kind of endings. Like I love the Sopranos, how it ended. No one else did. I love, I love, I see, that's the thing about me. I love endings that no one else loves. I love how Lost oh, ended. Uh, yeah, I'm not with Lost, but now Doug, you can just watch it and just turn it off right, right at that point, And there you have it. That's right. Yes. When the, when the, yeah, that's right. When the, when the Blu-ray comes out, I'm just going to have my, my, uh, my controller poised and then I can, I have that power. All right, uh, final movie here. I'll I'll be quick with this one, then we'll get to our awards. Black Panther. It was the best bad guy in a superhero movie not named Joker, I think. Michael B. Jordan, fantastic in his role as, as the villain. And he got an honorable and fair death scene. I think that was, they didn't cheap out on the, the defeat of the villain. And then, uh, so there were a couple of battle scenes in this movie. And I haven't seen it, by the way, just uh, before you drop any more spoilers. Well, I, co- I mean... That's okay. That's okay. Listen. Maybe I'll edit that out. <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, okay. Just me. No, well, yeah. I don't want to spoil it for anyone else. Okay. But but if you if you haven't seen it yet, then I think people... If, if I said Black Panther and they haven't seen it, I'm sure they've already hit the next Good button. point. Um, but... Best scene in any movie I've seen this year is the second battle scene. And it it ended, that second battle scene ended like I thought the first King battle scene was going to end. And I thought we were going to get another sort of Hamlet, Lion King type of illusion in this movie. 
but we didn't. It went in a different direction. But I thought Black Panther was fantastic as well. There's a lot of great movies this season. It's good. Movies are back, man. I hope. It seems like Black Panther kind of brought that back. Uh, I mean, you think it'll be in the mix next year? Do you think the the you think the it'll cool if off? Any, if any Marvel think? movie has an opportunity to be a Best Picture nominee, I think it would be this one. I can't see any other Marvel or comic book movie eclipsing Black Panther in terms of just how the story was told, how unique it was told, and and it actually had a voice and had something to say. Um, I th- Were you familiar with the Black Panther, the character, the comics, no, or anything like no, that? No, I went into. That? Well, I mean, I knew that the I knew that that character existed within the universe, but I had I'm not right. a big comic book. This is the first comic book movie I've seen since the original Avengers. Because I just I'm tired. I like I'm just exhausted with these superhero movies. But I had heard so many people talk about how unique this movie was, and I was not disappointed. Okay. Okay. Enough spoilers. Let's give out some awards, David, of our own for the Charlotte Hornets. The award for we'll start with let's start with best adapted screenplay. We came up with these last night. <laughs> best adapted screenplay goes to. You know who is good at basketball? Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan clarifying his position on reports. They were looking to trade Kemba Walker. Fantastic screenplay there by Jordan trying to undo the rumors that were uh, really that had confounded his star player, Kemba Walker, his all-star player in Kemba Walker, that they were shopping him in some kind of deal. God, may have contributed to some of his poor play. And when they finally yeah. settled it, it seemed like he kind of got into a groove again. Yeah, anytime MJ says something, it's always met with, uh, you know, no one believes him or everyone believes him or half and half or people don't know what to think. But certainly people didn't, some people <laughs> did not believe he was telling the truth on this or I guess believe that they would still trade him or try and trade him. I mean, even up until three o'clock on the trade deadline, I think the question was up in the air until all that Cleveland stuff started happening. And I mean, I don't think that's dead, Doug. I, I, I think this, you know, until we get the the new leadership in place, see who's up there, see what direction they go. I mean, I would expect this to come up around draft time again. The award for best costume design goes to this is all UD. This is oh. your this is your realm. This Surprisingly, is area. I'm going with Nike and Jordan brand, Doug. Um, <laughs> I, I think they did Which a great one? job on the Hornets City Edition. Okay. Uh, they played well in those as well. I think they look good. I think maybe these are the black. These are the, the the black jerseys with the the uh, the the iridescent. Teal. Yeah, yeah they tried for iridescent. Word. Yeah, teal purple wing whatever down the side. But I think they look good. The Buzz City jerseys basically. Uh, they're playing well in them. I think they worked out well. I think there's some of the better ones. I know the Miami Heat and the Utah Jazz are getting most of the attention here, but I think the Buzz City ones are, are pretty good, and they've played well. Again, I said that three or four times. That that's how well they've played in them. But I think it's good, Doug. I think I think it's better once you saw them. You didn't like them at first, but then when you saw them up close and on the court, you were in. I'm trying to find the – oh, the City – yeah, they're 6-0 oh in the City jerseys. They that's still, right. They're still undefeated. And they are five and nine in the statement jerseys. That would be the the purple jerseys. Yeah. They're one and three in the classic jerseys. 
They're six and thirteen in the in the home whites, the icon jerseys, and the association jerseys. They are ten and nine. Those are the teal. They have a winning record in the teal, and they have a the winning record in the city jerseys. Right, the association is the teal. All the names of those, or or the statement. I don't know. Okay. (laughs) The award for best supporting actor. David, I'm giving this to Dwight Howard. I don't know you. Maybe you. We can we can disagree here, but I I'm giving this to Dwight Howard. I agree. Uh, for all of the guff he has taken this year, he's been the addition that's been the most consistent uh, and the that, most consistent player that's, it. that's not named Kimba Walker. Consistency. That's it. I mean, mm-hmm. he has just been a contributor. I mean, look. The reality is, will this team have a higher ceiling and a higher future post Dwight Howard? Most likely. Um, because just because of the way the the uh, the NBA is moving at the center position, they're gonna, they're gonna they're gonna find that out uh, tonight against Philadelphia. They're gonna see that firsthand. But at the same time, look, he has been the unquestioned uh, consistent contributor, as you said, not named Kemba Walker, with 798 points, 636 rebounds, 85 blocks through the Hornets' first 50 games. Howard became just the third player. To total 750 plus points, 500 plus rebounds, and 50 plus blocks through 50 games, joining Gerald Wallace and Emeka Okafor. Those are two big names in Charlotte professional basketball history. And Dwight Howard uh, is doing that on a team, again, with a, a proven star in Kimba Walker. And his uh, 23 15 plus rebound games ranks third in the NBA to Drummond. Andre Drummond in Detroit, and then DeAndre Jordan in the clip uh, in Los Angeles. So he uh, has been the impact player on the boards that we all thought he would be, but he's also contributed, I think, uh, scoring in a way that I wasn't totally prepared for. And he's been durable, David. He's the only yeah. player this season that has played in every game. That's yeah. But if you look at his track record, I mean that that goes back when he's not injured and when he's healthy healthy he's usually playing all those games but yeah to your point the scoring has been a nice surprise the athleticism and the explosion that was the biggest question I think that we had going into the season and pretty much after the season got going the first one or two games it's been there the whole time I mean he's still going strong too look at some of these lobs that he's catching this week I mean it's been nice to see Dwight Howard and look all the criticism and the the negatives that come with Dwight's game are acknowledged. I mean, I think we see those, right, Doug? To your point, they may be better without him once they move on to a different style of play, but you can't knock what he's brought to the team, or you certainly can't lay all the blame. He's, he's again, he's the season. only reason outside of Kimba to watch Hornets basketball right now. Mm-hmm. He's the only thing that makes them somewhat relevant outside of Kimba Walker. Yeah. So the award for best actor goes to Nick Batum. No, just kidding. It's Kemba Walker. <laughs> uh, wrong card. Oh, sorry. Uh, um, uh, Warren Beatty here. Uh, no, uh, it's it's absolutely Kemba Walker. He uh, second All Star appearance for him. He is climbing up uh, every uh, essentially every record uh, for every scoring record for the Charlotte Hornets. Uh, he he is close to matching that. Uh, so it's it's Kimba Walker and nobody else, the best player in franchise history, in, in my estimation. Yeah, I'm with you there, dog. You look at the numbers coming off of last year, his first All-Star year. Could he keep those up? Would there be a dip? I mean, there hasn't been, Doug. 23 points a game last year, 23 points a game this year. 
He's actually shooting uh, about half a shot less per game. But, I mean, most of the numbers are right there the same. He's playing the exact same number of minutes, about 35 minutes a night. Uh, I mean, his percentages, if you want to get real nitpicky, have dipped slightly. I'm talking about, you know, tenths of hundreds of decimal points here. But overall, he has just been fantastic. Take that data. That's right. <laughs> you always drop that in. Oh, uh, and I'm not expecting it. It's good. Uh, but, man, he's been awesome. And, and like I said the other day, Doug, I don't know if you have had gotten any of these notions, but every time I see him continue to do these things and be the star player that we've you know, come to want and, and now come to expect him to be, it just comes harder and harder for me to think about trading him again at the, at the draft or going into next year's trade deadline or whatever. He's just been such a special player for this team. And you mentioned Dwight Howard, but I mean, if they did not have Kimba Walker, can you imagine tuning into 60 of these 60 or so of these games thus far and watching them all? It would, it's, it's not a pleasant sight. Well, and, and Hornets fans have not had to deal with losing an all-star player in his prime, a talented player like Kimba Walker in a very long time. It's been since, the days of, <clears throat> excuse me, it's been since the days of uh, Glenn Rice and since the days of Alonzo Mourning and Larry Johnson seeing those players leave Charlotte. That was a different era and a different time, yeah. and there were different reasons for those players uh, move, or being moved on. But at the same time, uh, the Hornets are in a difficult cap situation, and their future is very much unclear. And... Uh, they they will have a tough decision ahead of them uh, because Kimball Walker has meant so much, not only to the franchise, uh, but the city as well. Uh, David, any more awards to give out before we get to best picture? I've got a best picture. I don't know if you have a best picture. I, I do have a best picture. Now okay. let's get to it. Let's get to the big one. All right, go ahead. Best. What's, what is your best picture this season for the Charlotte Hornets? It was a cold December night, Doug, and even though the Hornets app said it never happened, I still remember it like it was yesterday. The Hornets traveled out to the Bay and took on, yes, a shorthanded Golden State Warriors team, but a Golden State Warriors team nonetheless, and they won. I don't know the final score because I don't remember it that well. It's not on the Hornets app. It still says the game was not played. It definitely was, but that's my winner for best picture, the Hornets beating the Golden State Warriors 111 on their home floor. to 100 and in that game go. Dwight had what he had 25 and 20 I know it was a 2020 performance it was a dominant performance by Dwight Howard uh, to help take down uh, the Kings of the NBA not the Sacramento Kings the Golden State That was State a fun one. Warriors. That was a fun one dog. That was a very fun one. Uh, my best picture actually goes to the best drama this year. It was not Rich Cho. That was not very dramatic. In fact, surprisingly so. I thought they they handled that one, that that whole departure uh, very well, very confidently, very uh, maturely. Is mature? Can you can you adverb mature? I'm not sure. Um, but the best picture in my mind goes to the best drama, and that was Kimba Walker's All Star selection. Oh, we didn't know it was going if it was going to happen, and then you had Goran Dragic make it over Kemba Walker. And then you but but it was a perfect underdog story. Kemba Walker deserved to be in the All-Star game. He's right there with his peers and because the Hornets are not playing well, uh Kemba Walker gets gets slighted initially 
and then again, and then again, and then again, <laughs> and finally gets in. But uh, I'll say this, he handled it very well. And uh, he he was an all star, and that's all that's all that people remember, will remember. Our listeners pointed that out uh, a few times. That no one is that's going right. to look back on this and go, oh well, that second one it took him three injury. No, they'll just say Kimball Walker. Uh, however many he ends up accumulating, they will they will include that one in the total, and that's all. That's, that's right. all that matters. That's right. I wonder, and I know we're getting long here, and we've talked about all star uh, a lot, but I want to get back to that real quick. I wonder because it's not like Goran Dragic or even Drummond really had much of an impact or were that fun in that game. I, I don't think it's going to change the way things they are. Weren't. Done, Kimball Walker like, was so much more fun in that so game. So much more fun. Oh right? my God. <laughs> they, mean, they should factor that in. Like, will this player actually saying. be worth watching in the of game? Of course they should. That is part of it. It's, it's meant to be entertainment. And I just wonder if that'll be, if that'll come around next year. It probably won't. They'll probably continue to give the awards to the, you know, on the, on the winning teams, to the players on the winning teams. But man, you got to factor that in. I mean, come on. Like I hate to hate to bag on, on Dragic. He had a great season, but like all-star game, it's, it, no, 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 no. I don't know if he's going to shine in that one. All right. That's all the time we have for this edition of locked on Hornets. I apologize if I spoiled black Panther for anyone. <laughs> or anything um, else. Not, I mean, it wasn't really a spoil. Like the fact that a villain dies in a no, in a no, superhero no, no. You're movie right. You're right. is is what that is not a that is not really a spoiler. And we um, can't spoil Dunkirk or Darkest Hour because it's a hit. Yeah, you can Wikipedia will spoil <laughs> that for you. You can just look that up. That's already happened. Uh, all right, this show has happened. We're out of here. Follow us on Twitter at Locked On Hornets. We will uh, be watching along with you tonight when the Hornets take on the 76ers. Sixers. Uh, thanks so much for listening to us this week. We'll be back next week to talk more Charlotte Hornets and NBA. For David, I'm Doug, saying go Hornets, go America, let's swarm Charlotte. Brilliant! Jam-packed, man. That was fun.